Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the You're Hired podcast by the Bastion Family Center for Career Success. My name is Marina. I'm a rising junior majoring in psychology. My name is Anoki, and I am a rising sophomore. And we're both peer career leaders, and we work at the Bastion Family Center for Career Success. On today's episode, we have a special guest, Laura Lane, who is a professor of music and the director of choral activities at Knox. And she's been here since 1983 and is about to complete her 40th year here. Welcome, Laura. (laughs) Thank you so much. So my first question for you is, can you talk us through your journey to becoming a college choir director? Where did you start? How did you know that you want to do this line of work? And how did you come here? Sure. Well, I did so many different things in high school and college, and I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do with my life until I decided that I needed to decide senior year of college, actually. And I still wasn't sure. I had done music all my life, and music was calling to me, but I didn't know which path to take within the field of music. And my voice teacher said to me one day in a voice lesson, hey, Laura, have you ever thought about conducting? I think you would like it. This light bulb went on in my head and I realized, oh my gosh, I've sung in all these choirs all my life and I had played in orchestras and bands, but I had never thought about being a conductor. And as soon as I thought of it, I knew that was right. And then I got into a really fine master's program, and I wasn't 100% sure that I'd made the right decision until I was there. But when I was in the program at Westminster Choir College, oh my gosh, I was so happy to be immersed in choral music, to be singing in all these different choirs and taking conducting lessons in voice and piano and just doing all this music. And the conductor, the main conductor there was fabulous. And I just loved him and I loved all of it. So I knew it was right. Then after my master's degree, I had a couple of other jobs and then came to Knox. And I was not planning to stay here, but I stayed a little longer. And then I stayed a little longer. And then I fell in love. I really did. I fell in love with the students of Knox because um, the students are so smart and so enthusiastic about learning and so open to learning things, so eager to learn. And it's really, really fun. And the choir got better, of course, and the music department got stronger and the whole thing became really fun. I married an economics professor and raised my family here. And, you know, it's just been a wonderful, wonderful place for me. That's great. Um, It's inspirational to hear how you discover your calling by enthusiasm. Like you, you feel like you like something and you feel like you are happy doing it. That's, that's how you know that it's right for you. But then how do you deal with the feeling of uncertainty throughout the process of figuring out what your strengths are and what you want to do? That is the hardest question. That is the hardest thing for young a young person, I think. And it was hard for me. It's hard for everyone. Uh, the uncertainty is scary because you have this fear that you may never know for sure what you want to do and what is right for you to do. Or that you might want something that you can't do, or you might want something that doesn't work out. All of these anxieties are real and everybody has them. I had them the whole time I was in college, but it was much worse end of junior year and summer uh, before senior year. 
as soon as I made the decision and started looking into it, I felt better. Like I had a decision, I had a direction. But how do you deal with the uncertainty? You know what? I was a runner and I did um, yoga even back then. And uh, I sang all the time. And those things made me happy. And also studying. Actually, you know, just sitting down and doing my homework for my French class or for my um, music theory class or whatever it was, if it was hard enough that it really took my full attention, I just allowed myself to go deeply into that and then I could forget my cares and my worries. Right. That's a good way of dealing with the present and being completely in the moment. Can you talk a little bit about some of the choral repertoire that you are interested in? Oh gosh, I love everything. When I first started out, I was determined to um, do everything and not have a a particular focus. People told me you have to have uh, a specialty. And some people told me I should do French repertoire because I speak French and I had studied in France for a whole year. And I had taught French actually at WashU when I was an undergrad, but I didn't want to be limited. I wanted to do everything. What I focused on for the first few years was finding women composers because in all of my classes as an undergraduate and as a graduate student, every single class, I would ask the professors the same question, you know, sometimes not rudely at all, but I would just raise my hand and say, where are the women composers? You know, and they would say, there aren't any. Literally every single professor I ever had. And you know what? There weren't any women conductors. There weren't any. I mean, it never occurred to me that just because there weren't any women conducting that I couldn't do it. For some reason, that never occurred to me. But what's funny is that I then realized as I started getting deeper into the field, oh, I see all these men. I don't see any women. There were two professional orchestral conductors at the time who were women, but um, there weren't, I didn't sing for any woman conductor. Um, I didn't know any. I had to go seek them out. So I went to professional conferences and I would go to all the sessions about repertoire, everything, no matter what it was. And I was always looking for the women. So I did my doctorate actually on a woman composer and I invited her to come to Knox. We had all the choirs of Galesburg in Kresge. Each of them did a piece by her and she introduced it and talked about it. And then we did a world premiere of a piece that we commissioned, which was really cool. She was very uh, famous. I love commissioning living composers. So that's one of my interests, as you can tell. Living composers and interacting with them. Commissioning them, meaning that you hire them to write a piece for your choir. Um, I always like to have them come and interact with the singers so that the singers can experience the composer who wrote the music and be coached by the composer and then do a world premiere. That's really been fun. Early on, I started going to the World Choral Symposia, and those are every three years in different places all around the world. And the reason I went was I just heard they were great, but I also wanted to know more music from other parts of the world besides the United States. In going to professional conferences, I usually go to two or three a year, sometimes four, because I like to hear all the repertoire. I like to know all the repertoire that's out there that could be done by a choir. So I've been a collector of songs for choir the whole time. But when you go internationally to the World Choral Symposium, it's incredible the high quality of the choirs there. But also I got to hear choirs from, it's the first time I fell in love with the Baltics and all the choirs from Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia. Oh my gosh. 
incredible music, incredible singing, incredible passion for music. It's the first time I heard songs from Mongolia, songs from New Zealand and Australia, songs from South Korea and India and Africa. It was at one of the World Choral Symposia, the one in Barcelona a few years ago, that I met Michael Barrett. I saw him conduct with his choir. He is the director of choral activities in Pretoria in South Africa, a major university there. His choir is phenomenal. I went to a program of traditional South African music, and it was just so inspirational that I brought him to Knox for a residency for a week in 2019. And we had learned some of his music. He coached us on his music. And then he taught sessions on singing and dancing and drumming and all this kind of stuff on the tribal music, on the history of South Africa, on the people that are trying so hard to bring all the diverse kinds of people that are living in South Africa together and to become more unified. It was just really wonderful. So that's the kind of thing I like to do. I like everything. I have a voracious appetite for style and language. And I'm, I guess you could say I'm a little bit fearless about tackling a style I don't know because I've done songs from so many different countries and so many different languages, languages I couldn't possibly speak, of course. So I have to listen to recordings and sometimes I'll meet with someone and talk to them and ask them if they would speak the language for me. It's just been wonderful. So what you're saying is there's value in being explorative, you know, the spirit in trying new things. Oh, yes. I couldn't possibly be any other way. I like to do new music that I don't already know, and I like to do things that I have never done before. It's, it's thrilling. You know, you do have to work a little harder to um, learn about that culture or that language or the background of that song or the composer, all those things. There's some work to do there. But it's so worth it because then you learn about other people living in other parts of the world, which is a wonderful thing because you can probably tell one of my favorite things besides conducting choir and finding new songs is traveling. It's been a way for me to travel without physically going. I can travel. I can, I can learn about people in other parts of the world, bring them here if I can't go there. That's amazing. It makes a lot of sense because you can almost travel vicariously through other people, composers and music in other places, which is truly amazing. And moving on to your journey with the Knox College Choir, how would you say the choir has grown or changed since you started directing? And can you talk a little bit about your experience touring abroad with them? Sure. How has it changed? First, I would say when I first came to Knox, it was much more of a, a club. People came for fun. The group had not been as serious or hardworking, but there were some students in the, in the choir that really, really wanted it to be more serious and more polished, I would say, and try more diverse things. And so together with the student leaders, I just really talked to them all the time and listened to what they wanted to do and tried to tried to work together with them to develop the choir. There was a history of touring and they asked me when I auditioned and interviewed for the job, will you tour with us? And I said, sure. And will you let us come to your house and feed us food? And I said, of course. <laughs> they, had, they had some things they knew they wanted, the leaders of the choir, but it was very small too. I think it grew over time from about 
maybe 40 people the first year, maybe not 40. I don't think I quite had 40. But, but back then, I took everybody who came through my door. I didn't have real auditions. And so gradually, more and more and more people came to auditions. I'll never forget the time when I passed 60. And I walked down the hall and said to my colleague, Scott, oh my gosh, Scott, I just took my 60th person into the Knox College Choir. I don't know what I'm going to do with all these people. How do I tour with 60 people? He said, Laura, you can't take them all anymore. And I was like, oh. (laughs) And it took that for me to realize I, I couldn't take them all. Then it became more select after that. One of the things that gradually changed over time was, in addition to the quality of performance, you know, of course, the level of polish, was also the the culture of the choir. I would say the students very gradually, little by little, they wanted to feel connected to each other more and more. And they wanted to have a sense of community, a smaller community within the Knox community. And so I did a few things along the way, encouraging them and with them to develop that. And it's been wonderful to hear seniors say they don't want to leave because they're going to miss the choir or to say that choir has been a family to them. That's a wonderful thing for me to hear them say. And I think that feeling grew and grew and grew and grew with time until the older students in the choir wanted to pass that along to the younger students. And that's another thing that's really changed is the commitment of the older students to helping teach and bring along the younger students how we do things in choir, how to sing well, how to what it means to be singing in tune, how to do a cutoff, you know, how to not be afraid of these languages how to not be afraid to sing by yourself every now and then. That's been a wonderful thing for me to see the older students mentoring the younger students. And that's a, that's been a huge change. And then you wanted me to talk about the tours. I'll just say that I love all the tours with the College Choir. It's really fun. But I think my favorite ones are when we have gone to Europe. I've been to Europe 10 times, I believe, with the Knox College Choir. And I think next year will be number 11. I love it because... The students are so happy to be there. They're so excited to be there. For many of the students in the choir, this will be their first time going abroad. And to do it in the safety of a group of people with experienced leaders is a really wonderful thing. I also love that we get to sing in old churches that are really beautiful, that have wonderful acoustics and have been there for hundreds of years. That's really cool for Um, students from Knox to be able to do that. And then the response of the audience is amazing too. The audience members are always so enthusiastic about our singing, which is a wonderful thing to go somewhere else in the world and have that. I couldn't even say, if you asked me, what is one concert that stands out? There isn't one. There are so, so many beautiful moments in beautiful concerts, and I love each and every one. It's kind of like um, when I'm in a concert with the choir, we've worked very hard to get there with our music, right? And then there we are, live in front of a crowd. Anything can happen. And it's that enthusiasm and openness to trying new things is right there in front of people. It's very the openness, not just intellectually, but emotionally to just um, go deeper emotionally into the song, whatever it is, to give a little bit more, to try something new. It opens us up. It makes us go to a deeper level emotionally with each other and with the music. And it's really amazing every time. Speaking of changes and 
definitely with your expertise and how much you've seen and how much you've known and researched, what are some changes in in the industry or in the broader like musical realm that can be good advice for Knox undergrads um, when they embark in their journey career-wise after Knox? First of all, my advice to young people trying to figure out what to do, no matter what field, is to go inside yourself and ask yourself frequently, what do I love most? What, what really makes me happy? What makes me feel, what lights my passion? You know, Because that, if you can find a way to do something that makes you feel like that, that is, um, that you can get paid for, I mean, you know, that's like not working at all. And that's what I've been able to do. And I'm very, very lucky. Also, the other part of it is to throw yourself into anything and everything, no matter what it is, because because you're not going to have the dream job that you imagined the first time and the first year out of college or out of anywhere, out of grad school. You, you're not. Rather than being unhappy where you are, the best thing is to throw yourself in uh, 100%, 150%. And really do your best in that situation and be open to learning other ways of thinking and other ways of doing things. Because you can't know when you're uh, in your 20s all the things that life has to teach you from that first job. There are things you're going to look back and say later, oh, I learned this on that job. Or I had that mentor who said that to me and I remember it. Um, Or I made that friend that's a lifelong friend. Or I learned that skill that I didn't want to learn and I didn't think I needed to learn. They made me learn it. And now look at me, you know, for example, you'd ask what has changed computers. There were no computers when I went to college. There were no computers when I started my job at Knox. You know, that's just completely changed the field, right? The the recordings and the access to to music from all different parts of the world and to sharing our music really quickly. So you have to be open to learning new things because you don't know what's coming next. And there's no way to know. Sometimes the thing you think you're going to do, you start doing it and then you go this way and then this way and then this way. And pretty soon you're doing something completely different from what you ever had imagined. And yet you're even happier. So staying open to changing yourself too. Absolutely. I think an important skill to have is just to be able to be flexible and and to adapt to whatever that that's happening around you and and finding ways to be happy and kind of enjoying the ride mm-hmm. um which brings us to our last question do you have any exciting plans for your last year at Knox oh gosh <laughs> I'm really, I'm picking music right now. Actually, that's where I was earlier today and all day yesterday. I'm picking music for the Knox College Choir. That's where I always start. I'm hoping to find a bunch of new songs that I've never done. And I know I will find some songs that the college students have never done and that they will enjoy. And we'll have our signature variety of all different kinds of things from all around. I always look forward to that. I look forward to the moments when the choir starts to become uh, a group and clicks and we're just about to give a concert and they start to come together as a group. And that's a wonderful thing to see. I'm really excited for the tour, as you know already, because I have been wanting to go back to 
France. We went to France once. We went to Spain many times, England, um, Vienna, Salzburg, Prague, Italy. And then we went once to France. And it was southern France where we went. And it was so amazing. And the local people in southern France were so welcoming and so enthusiastic. So I'm very excited to take the choir back there. And that's looking uh, very, very good, like it's going to happen. So yay. And then what else am I really excited about besides the college choir? Everything having to do with the college choir and my last time with them, um, my last year with the college choir. So I will be appreciating them and every moment of every rehearsal, I think, and just soaking it all in, very much being in the moment, as you mentioned earlier. And then the other big event that's happening this year, there are a couple of big events. Um, with my professional choir, Nova Singers, I'm going to do in the spring a program called A Voice of Her Own, which I had planned for the spring of 2020. And then, of course, the pandemic hit and we were not able to do it. And it's all women composers from all of the time periods where there are women composers and every piece is beautiful and exciting and gorgeous. And the whole second half of the program is living composers living right now from all different places. And I'm excited about that program. I'm also really excited for the spring program with the Knox College Choir because we're combining with the Galesburg Community Chorus and the Monmouth Chorale and professional orchestra and professional soloists to do a major choral orchestral work called Elijah. And it's gonna be a big chorus. So when we put that together, we'll be all preparing our notes and our rhythms and our words and our cutoffs and everything, right? All of us individually. But the first choral rehearsal together is always really exciting. I've done these big choral orchestral works many times. I probably conducted 50 of them, but you know, this could be my last one because I'm not going to be director of choral activities at Knox. So I will be really eating that up and, and relishing every moment of that. And um, it's really exciting when we put the orchestra with the choir for the first time too, because then the choir, this big choir we're going to have of 125 or 130, they will be hearing live the music with live instrumentalists for the first time. Even if you listen to recordings, it's not the same. As doing it live so that will be really fun that sounds so exciting i can't wait yeah. to see that and be a part of it um thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode yeah and i think i have a lot to take away especially the inspiration to just take a deep dive right into new things that you might find interesting and be a hundred percent with it with the belief that everything that you learn will one day pay off. So thank you very much for that lesson and have a great last year at Knox. We will definitely miss you. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. I'm so glad.